And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, and the unendorsed Doc Manson. Jeff Jarrett is going to take over the world. Of course he is. When he makes his debut at the Royal Rumble at number 52. What? Have you watched a World War III yet, Doc Manson? At Doc Manson? No, I have not. DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Uh, So are you familiar with the concept of what a World War III battle royal was? Wait, 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 wait. Is that the one where there's three rings? Yes. I have seen one of those. A three-ring, 60-man battle royal where there's 20 men in each ring. They all start at the same time, and whenever one ring get under 10 men, they all merge together into one ring. What a giant, giant cluster. I remember watching one with Hulk Hogan in it, like in the red and yellow. Yes. And um, it was terrible. You had no idea what was happening at any time. The camera work it was impossible to actually show, you know, all the different rings simultaneously. It was a different time. And uh, it was, yeah, it was I, incomprehensible. You, you probably watched the inaugural one, the 1995 one, because by 96 it was Hollywood Hogan. And uh, it, it, it is just awful. And it, it makes me think because battle royals are generally so bad. Is it just that the wrestlers come out every ninety to one hundred and twenty seconds? Is that the only reason why the Royal Rumble is so popular? Yes, I think you're right because I, I don't care about the action. I care about the countdown and wanting to hear the music of some returning superstar that well, is going to excite me. I would normally say I actually don't care about battle royals much at all. And I don't know whether or not you've seen NXT from this week or not. I haven't gotten that far yet. I am uh, 24 minutes in, so I'm about halfway through. I'm actually going to press play. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you should try to multitask. you got to have all your focus on the pod. What pod is this? Have we even well, said this yet? this is DDT Wrestling, of course. Our email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. He's Doc Manson. Not that anybody would know what the email address is, because apparently nobody uses it. Nobody loves us. Everybody hates us. Guess we'll go cast pods. Or eat worms. What? Either one. But yeah, Battle Royal, man. So I I said you didn't get there, but there's that woman's Battle Royal for the number one contender on NXT. I haven't actually seen that match yet. I'm at 47 minutes. It's just about to start. But see, the problem is NXT itself already tweeted who won. I know who won that match. I won't tell you in case you don't know, but I know who won. I don't know. They already tweeted the winner. And they they said in a... That's the reason why I don't follow WWE. I don't follow NXT. I don't follow uh, 
Well, I, I just recently went on a spree where I followed a ton of wrestlers. I don't know why I did that, though. I think I'm going to go through and unfollow all of well, them. Well, you're up to 446 followers yourself, so you, you're obviously subscribing to the if I follow everyone, maybe some of them will follow back. Absolutely. Can you explain? I've got to catch up to your 1,100 followers. I'm not at 1,100. I'm only at 1,075. That's pretty close oh, to 1,100. Excuse me, 1,078. So, see? see, can you explain to me why a few days ago you were tweeting at the wrestlers directly? Like, oh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch, those are two exciting talents. Oh, oh, no, well, no, okay, I guess I did, but I didn't really. I didn't, like, tweet at, I mean, I did tweet at them, but I didn't you, intentionally type out and tweet at them. What I did was I went on to WWE's Twitter, and I just responded to some ah, tweets okay. that they made. so, and it included their ats. Correct. So I did tweet at them, but not necessarily intentionally. It just, you know, I barely understand Twitter at all, so... Because I, you know, I I love you all, neighborhood, but I really have a hard time with people who at wrestlers all the time in the hopes of getting favorited or retweeted or... What it's kind of like name-dropping, I, I feel if like. You have ever, in casual conversation, being like, oh, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with Vince McMahon last night. It's kind of the equivalent. You know How's what I mean? Vince doing, by the way? Oh, he's fantastic. Superly, snaggly, toothily, as much as you could possibly want. All right. Um, but, yeah, I, I do occasionally tweet hashtag no name-dropping because it, it. I just every time that happens, I almost always delete the name of the person that they're talking to. Wrestlers are egotistical people. They will search for themselves. Trust me, I've been liked by enough people out there. That's how we ended up in the conversation with Jonathan Coachman. It's true. It's true. So, uh, Battle Royals. Yes. Um, Battle Royals, I think the theme here, this is why we should... Do you want to start this show over? Because, man... No, I like... Man, this is an introduction. I like that we are all over the place. I like that we kind of go, you know, everywhere, and we don't cover one thing necessarily at a time. So, I think that's what... I wish I had brownies. (laughs) Oh, man, now I wish I had brownies. Yeah, sorry. Anyways, you, it, do you want to continue going all over the place, or do you want to finish the battle royal comment? Because first I got depressed about brownies, and then I thought about the other depressing thing that happened today. What was that? Alan Rickman. Oh God. Yeah, Alan when, Rickman. When you think of Alan Rickman, which character first appears in your head? There is only one character. Well, that's not true. It depends. Yes, yes it is. I, I'm going to guess you're going to say Hans Gruber, but you might say someone else. You ever <laughs> seen the movie CBGB? I thought that was a band or a club. It was a club, and Alan Rickman actually starred in a, it's like, it's a movie, uh, you know, it's a, I don't think it's actually a documentary style or autobiography, biography style. I think it's probably, takes more liberties than that. But he plays the owner of the club that opens CBGB. It's on Netflix. It's actually pretty good. It's worth a watch. If you have any, uh, like at all for Alan Rickman, even, and, or, you know, that early punk rock music scene. Uh, it's kind of interesting anyways, and certainly a great performance by, uh, the late, great Alan Rickman. Uh, so he makes that movie very watchable. But yeah, Alan Rickman, uh, I would say the role to me is, in fact, Hans Gruber. Early defining role. One of the coolest, slickest uh, villains of all time. The How calm, how composed he is. And then, you know, that twist at the end where 
He's just a common thief. And that coming back in the other Die Hard films, you know, I don't know. Uh, Hans Gruber is just a whole other sort of level of villain, I think, that goes much further beyond what you typically find in any sort of action movies. And, wow, great role, great character, and well acted by, by again, Sir Alan Rickman. Is he knighted? Was he knighted? I don't think so, but I, I'm going to believe that, that, that he was. He should have been. Yeah. I, I mean, I maybe I, he was. I don't actually know, but... I came into the Die Hard game late. The first Die Hard movie I saw was Die Hard 3. And then I had to go back and watch Die Hard 1, which had Reginald Zell Johnson, so it can't be it can't be a bad movie when you've got Carl Winslow in it. Well, uh, I don't know about that, because the second one has him in it as well. See, I, I have never seen the second one. It's a cute movie in its own right, but, you know, that's about as much as I could say about it. It hits a lot of the same plot points as the first film. That's mm. all. Uh, but yeah, well, who do you think of when you think of Alan Rickman? Well, the first thing I think of, the first time I ever remember seeing Alan Rickman was in Dogma. He Absolutely. Played the, he, he played no the dick. Metatron. 8.52. We were so close to the 10-minute mark before I felt on You brought up Dogma, not me. I, but I didn't bring up that specific part of Dogma. <laughs> it's the most memorable part about Alan Rickman in that movie. He drops I, Trow, and it's smooth. He's a Ken doll. Essentially. But no, I am the Metatron and, you know, that whole thing. I, I liked that movie. So that's it. But, you know, he, of course he was Severus Snape. I think most people will think of him as Severus Snape. But I also liked him as Hans Gruber. I liked him in Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah. By whatever's hammer, you shall be avenged. That was he good. He was good in uh, Robin Hood as the uh, Sheriff. Oh, the Sheriff. I'm going to carve his heart out with a spoon. Yeah. That was Why great. a spoon, cousin? Because it's dull, you idiot. It'll hurt more. That was good. Mm. I might have to watch that movie. I'll have to see if it's on Netflix, because I like that movie. I don't think it is, but yeah, I would want to watch it as well. But yes, uh, he was in Love Actually. He did a nice job there. I've seen that movie. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know... I but have yes. not seen that movie, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, it it was it was a fine film. Uh, but yes, Sir Alan Rickman. I think I think we should knight him posthumously. Uh, Sir Alan Rickman has left us, and it, it, this one hurt. You know, we lost David Bowie. I was not a big Bowie fan. Oh so come that, on! How can you not be a big Bowie fan? I'm not a big Bowie fan. He's got a lot of great music. I'm sure he does have a lot music. of great music. But it's just I'm not telling music you right now. I'm... Get yourself a copy. Of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, because that is a great album from front to back. It really is. I also enjoyed your choice. Uh, I'm sorry, going back to Alan Rickman for a second. Your choice of uh, Twitter avatar. Oh, Marvin the Paranoid Android. Yes, another good uh, role. I think. Did you like that movie? Yes, I did too. And some people are like, "Well, it's nothing like the book," and I'm like, "Well, it's enough like the book. It's actually quite a bit like the book." Yeah. Um, I know that there are some major differences, but I think a lot of those differences actually were okayed by Douglas Adams, so I'm not really sure why... Well, I don't know. I, I, I understand like the movie actually came out like way after his death, but it was my understanding that he had a lot of input into it. But I was I, under I that I same know. impression, so I think... And I, that's and, the other thing again, is... I liked the that, movie. And not only that, but like it's a movie, it's a book... It it was a, a radio show. It was a mini series. I think there was another um, radio series. Like he reinvented that that 
that piece of fiction so many times, and each time it did have its own twists on the story, that I don't know how anybody could really be mad at that. The creator of that work was very happy to reinterpret it in different mediums with different changes to the story as the times, you know, changed around it. So I I don't know. I, I don't get it. I think it's actually very true to that author's, you know, the creator's vision of it. Because he was very willing to be malleable with his own work. I, at least that was my interpretation of him. So if the answer to life is 42... Indeed. What is the question? I've always been partial to how many roads must a man walk down. Before you can call him a man? Indeed. So instead of the answer, my friend... The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind, so if I lean an ear outside, I'll hear 42. Correct. All right. We do have an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com, and it does come from Brandon. We'll just continue to jump back in, jump all around here. What are your thoughts on Kalisto winning the U.S. championship on Raw and then dropping it back to Del Rio on SmackDown? Forgive me if I just spoiled it. My thoughts are that Kalisto was not supposed to win on Raw in that small package, and they did a three count, and they just ran with it. Really? And then they reversed it on SmackDown. Because why wouldn't you? Really? You're the first person, I think, to to hold that particular theory. I haven't seen that on the Twitter. So. It was an odd end to that match, I thought. I mean, on Raw, I mean. I'm not saying necessarily that's really the case, but I could totally see it. It didn't feel like the end of that match. I think it was uh, a couple of for a couple of different reasons. Number one, this is the second major title change on Raw in the last month or so, which makes Raw therefore a more interesting product because now titles can change hands. I can't remember the last time a title changed hands on a Raw before that, so I think that helps. Um, I think even though he did lose uh, on SmackDown tonight starting in 14 minutes, in fact. I do think that this builds Kalisto to be a stronger single... You know, TLC in December, he's wrestling a tag team match. He's a tag team wrestler five weeks ago or four weeks ago. Now he is a single star competing for a highly prized singles title. I think it kind of helps build him up as a singles guy. He's gotten a couple of victories over Del Rio, so I don't see it as a big problem. I think he does stand a very good chance. Wait. No, we don't have to do a prediction and production show this week. That's next week, right? The Rumble's not this I Sunday. Know. I don't think so. No, it's not. The Rumble's not this Sunday. The Rumble is the 24th, 23rd, somewhere around there. So we still got a ways to go. But I do think Kalisto, you know, looks pretty good now uh, in that match. So I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I what do you think about WWE.com posting their own spoilers? Do you have any opinion on that, sir? Um, it's just the world that we live in. News travels fast. I, you know, those spoiler sheets get out there the moment the live show happens. So WWE is just getting out there in front of that and controlling the message on their product. I, you know, whatever. You... you it's very easy to not go to WWE.com and not see those spoilers. For instance, I never go to WWE.com and I never see those spoilers. So I don't really think it's a big deal. See, for me, because it's my homepage, it's, it's really problematic. You should probably have a different homepage. What is your homepage currently? 
MSN. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think it's mine's just Google. Well, actually, I don't think it actually is MSN. Um, I use Microsoft Edge for my browser at the moment, and it's it does bring up news from MSN, but I don't think it's actually. I think it's just like the default page that comes up. It surfaces that stuff there, but it doesn't actually go to MSN.com. So I really don't have a homepage technically. Do you think we'll see Edge in the Royal Rumble in nine-ish days? Um, ten days. No. If this were ten years ago, yes. But that's the only answer to that. I'm really going to continue to bounce around, so if you want to stick on a single topic, you need to let me know. Um, what do you think is the... Who's going to be the biggest surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble? I thought this wasn't the prediction show. Ten days out, just, you know, pick a name. Who, okay, let me rephrase. Who do you really want to see? What's a name that you would really like to see return at the Royal Rumble? Brock Lesnar. He, but he's in it. He's already announced that he's going to be in it. Uh-huh. But that's so. That's not a surprise. Okay, so you want a surprise, an actual honest-to-God surprise. You know, we've had... Uh, they're, they're Chris surprise. Jericho. He's also in it. You're just trying to sabotage my grand plans. Um, God, I don't know. Are there any surprises left? Um, if they wanted to do Daniel a, Bryan, there, that would I be said that it. would be a surprise. That I don't would think be he's ever surprise. returning to the ring, but you know, I think you could you could make a case for him to be a number thirty guy because if he comes out at number thirty, you, you know, you're talking maybe ten minutes of in ring action. I think they can play it relatively safe with that. You know, he comes in at thirty, you know, helps Roman Reigns, gets tossed out by some of the members of John the League of Cena. Nations. Now that would also be a surprise, but I don't think that's going to happen. Though people were people were being conspiracy theorists because he uh, made some tweet about how you know the recovery is going to take a while because I guess you know he had more damage to his shoulder than he originally thought, so this one's going to be a while. So people were like, he's trying to swerve us. He's going to be back. I still say middle of you know, money in the bank. I say money in the bank for John Cena. Yeah, I don't think he'll be back for the Rumble. That's for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Lance Storm, you know, a guy who cares. Who, people would that's, care. The people on Twitter would care. That's a, you know, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about you know guys like when Mr. Perfect came out at the 2002 Royal Rumble. That was a big deal. He wasn't going to win, but that was a big deal. Sting. That would also be a big deal. Our our first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, the man called Sting. Do you think he's done wrestling for reals? Yes. Alright. I think he wanted to wrestle for WWE. I think he wanted to have some nice moments. He probably wanted to help put some guy over. That would be Seth Rollins here. You know, unfortunately the way he got put over was by almost, you know, I don't know about killing, but paralyzing Sting. But yeah, I think he's done. I think we'll see. Maybe we'll get a moment at WrestleMania where he'll come out to confront somebody. Maybe he'll make an appearance in the, you know, Triple H match, whatever the Triple H match is versus Reigns versus Triple H. In the Rumble? Is that where you're going with that? Yeah. I think that's I think that's certainly doable. You know, I'm talking about, you know, Billy Gunn. I know he was recently let go as a trainer. You know, Shelton Benjamin would be a fun name to see. Rico. I'd like to see Rico. Nope. I'd like to see the Hurricane, even though yes. he's part of TNA now. 
Um, is he? Yeah, Gregory Helms, I think, is actually wrestling for TNA, which, when I saw that, actually made me want to look into it. Me too. Because I like Gregory Helms quite a bit. I don't get that channel, but... You can find it online. You said. can find all sorts of things online. I go to the deep web, uh-huh. the dark web, the big, the, the big dark deep web. I don't approve. I find all sorts of stuff on the deep dark web. I'm sure that you do. Does it look anything like uh, Alan Rickman in Dogma? You mean with his sweatshirt and his jacket and helping nope whatever her name was and de- and and calling Jay and Silent Bob prophets nice little word play there by one Kevin Smith No okay that's not what I meant at all We've touched on everything I think it's time to go now so <laughs> <laughs> It's 22 minutes in man are we we just have no energy tonight I huh? I think we're doing just fine we kind of th- Despite the fact that a lot seems to have happened, there's not a lot of big things for debate. We could talk about, you know, we could make some predictions and productions as to who else we think will get into the Hall of Fame. We could debate the merits of some people. They did that, you know, they've done that on NAI Pod. All right, here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Here's sure. what I'm thinking. We should spend a little bit of time talking about Raw. Okay. Because I think some important things happened on Raw that I'm actually really pleased with. And then after that, uh, I don't know... If you're still living, breathing, eating the NAI 150. Oh, I forgot. I mean, I'd be perfectly happy to go over some of that stuff. Because I enjoyed that conversation last week. Now I am excited. You have sparked, you have piqued my interest. All right. So let us then talk about Raw. Um, Here's my first question. let's, let's, Let's go back to this thing. So Sting is in the Hall of Fame, obviously deserving, even if his WWE career wasn't exactly what many people thought. Um... You didn't watch WCW. Are there any other WCW guys that you think should be in the Hall of Fame? I know you didn't watch a lot of it. Ric Flair. He's already in twice. Hulk Hogan. Already in once. Uh, Kevin Nash. Scott Hall. This is why we can't have nice things. because. But it's true, right? Those are the guys that were part of WCW who really were big Goldberg, deals, Diamond right? Dallas Page, Harlem Heat, the Steiner Brothers, yes. Eric Bischoff. Yes. No, no, no. Okay, so Eric Bischoff, yes. Um, DDP, yes. Goldberg, yes. But outside of those names, what were the other ones you were saying? Harlem Heat as a tag team, Booker T and his brother Stevie Ray. The Steiner uh, that'll probably the happen. Steiner yes. brothers. That seems unlikely. I I think they're afraid to touch Scott Steiner with the twelve foot cattle prod these days. I'm afraid to touch Scott Steiner with anything. Although uh, people seem people point. seem to like the idea of watching him play the Hulk. I'd people, like. I, people yes. are a fan of that idea. So, I. Y- yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think but there are I, I mean, names. am I going to put Glacial, or what was his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Gla- Glacius, or what was his name? I'm getting him confused with like, one for Killer Instinct. What was... What? Are you paying any attention to I was to trying to figure out... I was trying to bring up the NAI 150, and I wound up on the DDT Wrestling Gmail page for the Google Docs, and there's, you know, lab stuff that I'm like, am I on the wrong account? So I'm assuming I'm <laughs> seeing some of your PhD stuff. So I was just confused. Do you work with someone named Paul? I'm not going to say his last name, but do you work with someone named Paul who may have shared some things with you? I, maybe. I don't know. What the heck are you even talking about? 
all of my NAI 150 stuff is on a Google Doc. So I went to sheets.google.com, and there was a whole bunch of lab stuff that I've never seen before. So I just assumed that was yours. Interesting. Yeah, it must be. It must have uh, somehow got affiliated with that account. So I'm going to log in and change everything you've been working so hard on these last few months. It would be preferable if you did that. That would be preferable. Only for you, for you. All right. So, yes, there are some WCW guys. Um, I think there's some ECW guys that should be brought in. Uh, any other names you are expecting this year? I know Vader tweeted a picture of the Hall of Fame, which, of course, makes me think he's not going to get in because they're going to be mad he tweeted it. But I have no idea. It's getting to that point where... Do you care at all about the Hall of Fame? At all about the Hall of Fame? I used to. But not anymore. But I feel... I don't know. At this point, I feel like a lot of the real deserving folks are in. But, I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting. There are still a lot of guys out there, I guess, who, you know, had pretty storied careers that also deserve to get in. I guess I didn't mean that. So, yeah, I guess I still care about it. I, I don't know. It, like you, It's kind of like your fascination with these wrestling books. I kind of view it the same way. Like, you get to hear the stories. You get to hear... A perspective from these guys that you don't normally get to hear. So you're more interested in like the acceptance speeches and and the wrestlers' histories more than whether or not someone is deemed worthy. You know, because there there are some people, and I can fall victim to this as well sometimes. Uh, you know, who are treating this like there should actually be a legitimate Hall of Fame with you know expectations and criteria and voting. And this is you know the the, the WWE Hall of Fame is a public relations thing through and through. That's why there's always yeah. going to be, you know, a, a, a woman in the class. That's why there's always going to be someone of a minority in the class. So, absolutely, they have full control over everything they do. And is it less interesting because of that? Because it's not really legitimate. It's just self-serving. Yes, to some degree, but at the same time, there are no bodies within the professional wrestling world. You know, uh, my bodies. I mean, I guess institutions that are equipped to actually do a more legitimate version of the Hall of Fame. The WWE sort of is the only uh, institution that could do something like this. I mean, TNA has a Hall of Fame, right? Yes. Sting was the very first entrant. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, seriously, who cares? Who knows that? Barely anybody. But let's Um, just point out, Sting was the very first entrant into the TNA Hall of Fame. Not AJ Styles, not Samoa Joe, not Christopher Daniels, not any of the people who actually, like, helped to build TNA as a company. Sting. Uh Uh-huh. Anyways. Well, what are you going to do? Induct AJ Styles, who is still going to go on to wrestle for another 30 years? I don't know. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Sting still wrestled for a while afterwards. Why do you have to? Why, yeah, do, why do, do we think, have to? Why do we I do have think, to induct? I think it's okay to induct. No, but I do think his career was winding down when they inducted him. I think they knew he was only going to be there for maybe another five years max. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I don't think it's a bad thing to induct. You know, in wrestling, when it's not like you know you're calculating hits and home runs and things, I think it's okay to say, "Hey, the Undertaker's had a Hall of Fame career, and he might wrestle five or six more matches, but he's had a Hall of Fame career, and we should honor that." I don't think it's a big deal if a guy's still wrestling to say you're in. But so what do you think? Taker going in? It's in Texas, which makes me somewhat inclined, but at the same time Sting's, you know, Sting's a big headlining name and usually there's two, but Sting's the big name. I don't think they're going to do Sting and 
some other big name. I could see this being a, you know, if they induct the big boss man, if they induct Owen Hart finally, now that they've made a documentary about him, I could see that being the other headliner. But I think Sting's as big a name as you're going to get. How about Rob Van Dam? Certainly worthy. Um, you know, I think eventually. You know, I would love to see if WrestleMania was ever in Philadelphia. I would love to see them do an entire ECW class: the Dudleys, Heyman, RVD, Sandman, Taz, uh, Bill Alfonso, Tommy Dreamer. You know, just all ECW Raven. guys. What'd you say? Raven. Raven. There's another one. Amish Roadkill. Chris no. Chetty. Nope. Um, the the Asian valet with the name I'm not so when when you when you say the Dudleys do you mean Big Dick Dudley as well I think you would induct the family and I think Bubba and Devon would be the representatives but you would count Spike you know you could count Dances with Dudley you could count Snot Dudley although that might have also been Spike Dudley beforehand um, you know I think you count the family in general yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right what about Sign Guy. Sign Guy Dudley? No, I don't know about Dudley, but wasn't there a Sign Guy? Yeah, Sign Guy Dudley, I think. Oh, well, really? I think so. I, don't know. I didn't know he was part of the family. All right. So, I, you know, and again, I don't think that's going to happen. And in the NAI 150, people also don't think that's going to happen. Um, that was one of the questions. Will there be themed years or wings or something? You just love making faces at yourself in your own camera. Oh, my goodness. I sure do. All right. We need to do a video pod someday just so people can see this glorious mug. People don't mind that they're going to see a picture of me drawing a picture of my face, and that's what my camera is going to see. So, Can I draw the picture of your face? I'm worried you'll be slightly realistic. I draw a picture, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so on Raw this week, man, I really liked what they did with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Uh, they introduced that early in the show. Paul Heyman had that you know little segment, the back and forth backstage. And then, you know, they went on to do that one versus all match with Roman Reigns. And, you know, I was actually very pleased with the one versus all match. I don't know if you actually watched that at all. I did, in fact, watch it. It was an extremely strong showing by Kevin Owens. They did very well by him. And it was really cool, I think, having all those other guys out there. And Kevin Owens holding his own so well that really none of those guys got involved in an official capacity. I, you know, I mean, things devolved there at the end. I thought that was great. I think that really looked... That made Kevin Owens look that much stronger that he did not get officially, like, eliminated and they moved on to the next guy who got eliminated and so on and so you forth. You are not allowed to get hand-delivered brownies unless I get one. So could you please tell Mrs. Manson that I need a hand-delivered brownie? Yeah, uh, you can show it there all you want. I'm right, glad that right that's the time that the internet's starting to slow down because you're you're showcasing a brownie up to the camera, which I can't eat because we're not together. Oh, and now he's milking it. So let me vamp about the one versus all match while he enjoys his brownie. I got it's got fr- it's got like melty frosting stuff on it. I'm sure it is. Mm, I'm it's really sure good. It is delicious. I'm gonna need at least one more of these. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Welcome to the segment. Doc eats a brownie. All right, the one versus all match. Uh, here's problem number one. It was not one yes. versus all. It was one versus heels. Why wasn't Dolph Ziggler? Why wasn't 
Neville, why, you know, why, if it's one versus all, I want to see all of them out there. So that was one problem, and I'm nitpicking very mm-hmm. much, and I'm mm-hmm. not being entirely legitimate there, but that was a problem. I do agree with you, though. I really did like the fact that Kevin Owens pretty much ran that entire match because Kevin Owens, he is, you know, he, you talk about, people have been talking about online, you know, Tyler Breeze, apparently his push is over, not that it even really started, Neville and all. Kevin Owens is going to be world champion before this year is over. He is going to hold the world title before 2016 is over. He's. Uh, I think there's a good chance he'll he'll get lost in the mid card like so many other guys that get so close. I don't think, but he is really good. I think Vince McMahon, no matter what he says and how he feels about the weight issue, if there even is one anymore, Vince McMahon knows when you have must see TV, and when Kevin Owens is on your television screen, you cannot look away. So I think so I think that that's going to you know I think he's going to be you know he just main evented a raw now granted it's a raw but I think that's going to go a long way because you know I liked having all the heels out there I liked that they eventually kind of ran in um so I did like that I liked Brock taking out the heels that was nice you don't see that, that I mean often. that was a good moment too because you saw him coming out new day was all excited that he was going to be there to help him out and don't get me wrong, you were pretty sure exactly what Brock Lesnar was going to do the moment that his music hit. But the thing that I really like about this is, so often on Raw, the authority likes to remind people that they're nothing, right? That that the company is really the only true star. I think that's what the authority says very frequently is, oh, you're just an employee, you just work here. That's what Stephanie said uh, to Roman, you know what I mean? And because of that, again, I feel like they they put the company itself as sort of their number one most important character on the show. Everybody else is expendable, you know what I mean? And having Brock Lesnar come out like that after having been threatened and then deliberately, you know obstructing the authority's goals in that one versus all match going out there destroying the heels showing that oh yeah this was a one versus all match for Roman Reigns right the one versus all but I'm the one who took everybody out I'm the one who's still standing I'm the one they didn't say any of that they didn't have to verbally say any of that but that's what he showed with his actions he showed that he was bigger than the company which is not something that Roman Reigns has been able to show he went out there and with his actions showed that he is the one in the WWE that is bigger than WWE well and I think while he didn't have to say it you better believe Paul Heyman will say it for him next Monday Mm -hmm. you know Paul Heyman will come and, out. I mean, and, that, and very much, you know, you you had almost a Heyman esque moment just then talking about it because I, you know, I don't think they're going to ever start naming him the one Brock Lesnar, but it's not the worst name you could come up with for that talent because he is a singular entity in this sport. Singular sensation. Sorry, every little step he takes. Okay, um, but yeah, absolutely, and I just think that it's so, I tweeted out, you know, 
that I liked the nuance that came along with that ending to Raw, and that's exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. They didn't hit you over the head with it, and it was a good moment. It really set Brock up strongly. Yeah. I know he is very strong regardless, but like it was good yeah. storytelling. What, and we then, had this big thing going on between Roman Reigns and the Authority, and now suddenly there's this other character coming in and being effectual. Mm-hmm. It's not an afterthought. They They... They set it up earlier in the show with these little supporting moments, and there was a dynamic to this storyline now. Multiple moving parts that are converging that we don't normally get, and that's what I'm looking well, for and in it's, And it's, you know, and like, like you just said, he attacks all the heels, but then he also lays out Roman Reigns. So now it's yes! not good guys, bad guys. It's good guy, bad guys... Badass guy. Brock. Yeah, Brock guy. And now you've got yeah. three angles. And, you know, whether or not Kevin Owens becomes, a, you know, a Vince McMahon guy or whether or not he goes his own way, maybe this is it because he's going to be heading down. I believe he's wrestling. Um, See, the problem with Kevin Owens is I know you said you think he's going to have the title this year. Maybe he will. But my problem with Kevin Owens right now is. Yeah, he did great on Monday night against Roman Reigns, and I would watch that all night long, and it showed to me that, yeah, that could headline WrestleMania. I could watch Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. But the problem is, I know right now that even though Kevin Owens stepped in as the heavyweight, he stepped in as you know the physical power of the authority, I know at WrestleMania, that's Triple H. Or maybe not WrestleMania, maybe Royal Rumble or whatever's in between. But I feel like, even though that's what Kevin Owens did on Monday night, I feel like in the near future, that enforcement role goes to Triple H. That physical enforcement. And Kevin Owens just gets returned to the mid I think I think um, on a temporary basis, you're right. But again, we've still got 11 months in 2016, so I think by... And maybe right. maybe it's Kevin Owens winning money in the bank. But any time they take a guy, they put him, they just touch him into the main event, and then and then they send him back to the mid card. I'm always worried that they're never that they're not going to be able to maintain that. They're not going to bring him back. You know what I mean? That happens all the time. And now I know Kevin Owens is very talented, and if anybody don't ha- doesn't have to be worried about that, it's him. But I I still can't help but feel fear. I for understand, him. and I'll counter with this. Besides the Roman Reigns versus Authority storyline, what is the next biggest storyline in the WWE right now? And I would submit to you that it is Ambrose versus Owens. It's not Kalisto Del Rio. It's not New Day versus the Usos. It's not Jericho being involved in there somewhere. It is Owens and Ambrose. They are right now, in a in a 2016 sense, they are the Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon of 1995-ish. That yeah. you know, the Intercontinental title matters more now than it has in a long time. Because of those two. So they're not main eventing. But I wouldn't call them the mid-card either. I would put them somewhere in between your mid-card guys and your main event guys. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do feel like the mid-card belts have been elevated. Um, They are more important now than they ever were. But they're still not the main event. But the U.S. title is not nearly as important now 
as it would. You know, John Cena made that title important. It is now back to the third most important singles title. It's, you know. And again, since the Intercontinental title is WWF property and the U.S. title is uh, WCW property, I don't think that's a bad idea. Just have to, you know, that Vince McMahon's going to want to highlight the belt he created. But I, you know, I do, you're right. He is going back to the mid card, in quotes. But I think it's only this Monday night showed that all Kevin Owens needs is an opportunity and he can be a main event guy. My question to you that I just thought of was Rusev out there or was Rusev not on Raw? I don't believe he was on Raw. So, you know, I know you tweeted something about Rusev being injured. You know, there's been a lot of going on the last couple of weeks with uh, wrestlers being injured, conflicting reports out there, people putting things in folders about the reports. You know, Rusev said he wasn't injured, but the fact that he wasn't on Raw says something to me. Unless he was part... They were in India, although they might have gone to India since Raw. I can't... It's all blurring together for me now. I don't know. All I know is I get my news about wrestling injuries on Twitter, and uh, I just read the headlines. I don't click through to the stories. I don't do any fact-checking. I just assume everything I read on Twitter is true. Uh, So, I mean, that might be my problem. And you should go retweet this guy who's holding up what he claims is the winning Powerball ticket and saying he's giving out money to the first 10,000 people who retweet him. No way. Did you play Powerball? I did not. Not. Did you? Uh, we took part in a work pool, so I I chimed in. I, I chipped in $3. So did you know that was like, hmm, I don't know, six months ago, nine months ago, they changed the rules of Powerball. So it used to be that you had a approximately like 1 in 120 chance. I'm sorry, 1 in 120 million chance yeah. of winning. And they changed it, so now that your chances of winning are more like 1 in 290 yep. million. And that was so that, you know, there would be bigger pots, more tension, that sort of thing. Um, it worked. It sure did. That was point number one. Point number two is, 1 in 290 million is your chance of winning the Powerball. Your chance of being struck by lightning is approximately 1 in 11 million. Your chance of being bitten by a shark is approximately 1 in 10 million. If you are to combine those probabilities, the probability of being struck by lightning and bitten by a shark, that's about a 1 in 110 million, which still makes you twice as likely, more than twice as likely, to be both struck by lightning and bitten by a shark than you are to win the Powerball. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying someone's got to win. Why not me? And, and my take on it is you're right. But for 5 or 10 or 15 blissful minutes, I imagine what I do with the Powerball winnings, and that to me is worth $3. And I don't do it all the time. I own three dollars. Oh, you go for the uh, the multiplier. They, huh? they said three dollars. I forked over three dollars. So <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. All I don't right. think I've ever bought a Powerball ticket um, myself personally. But you know, it was nice to think about. You know, 
uh, getting to pay Doc Manson to have to write and podcast and, you know, mm. thinking of the lovely home I would buy out on, you know, Martha's Vineyard or up in Maine on the coast or, you know, all Absolutely. of those things. Uh-oh. Doc's got his phone. I'm sending a text. Okay. Well, while Doc sends a text, let's see here. Oh, we can certainly keep talking. No, we were talking about uh, Reigns and Lesnar and the one versus I'm just requesting more brownies. You're texting Mrs. Manson to ask for more brownies. That is amazing. I came home to a lovely uh, pasta dinner that Mrs. Matthews made for me, so I'm quite happy with my that. So, uh... I did like the one versus all match. I thought that was much better than I was worried it was going to be a, a Me too. disaster. But they actually did a very nice job with it. It looked like it was going to be a disaster on paper, but they booked it extremely well. I would well. watch Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon talk every week. Yep. I would not pay to watch Paul Heyman and Stephanie McMahon talk. Because while Paul Heyman no. did a very nice job, Vince McMahon coming out, has just proven beyond a shadow of a doubt how bad Stephanie is at this job. And by this job, yeah. I mean the on-screen thing. If you watched Raw, she did a lot of looking to see what Dad was doing and then copying it. Yeah. And when she was left alone with Paul Heyman, um, I don't know, that segment was unwatchable almost. Heyman, did, Heyman, Heyman did his best. You know, you could actually see him trying harder to try to get something out of her, and it just yes, wasn't was. happening. No. I think the problem is she legitimately, personally dislikes Paul Heyman, and I don't think she can actually get over her personal feelings. But to... it's not just Paul Heyman. Like, she came out, and she's trying to do the Vince McMahon strut, and then Vince says something, well, and too. then she just says, oh, yeah, you know, she became the squawking bird on Vince's shoulder. And I'm like, this can't be the face, you know, the authority of this company in 10 or 15 years. You know, we are missing Triple H right now. And I don't know why they've kept him away so long, but we are missing Triple H right now. You know, I with six weeks of a build between TLC and the Rumble, you would have thought he would have shown up sooner. But he needs to, if he doesn't show up next week, he definitely needs to show up at the Rumble. Uh, so I, you know, um, I mean, I could see it going till after the Rumble with Triple H, but I do think it's probably a mistake. Reports are that I saw online, so of course they're true. Is that uh, they they know how the Rumble is going to end, and the way the Rumble ends is going to set up Fastlane because WWE has plans to make Fastlane a big deal pay per view. Have you seen that? Have you heard that? You would have had. You're gonna have to restate you ha- that. You weren't listening at all. No. Do you want to just pause the show Sorry. so you can eat a brownie? I can vamp for a while. I can talk about my WWE. I, I apologize, that's, neighborhood. You deserve better than this. That's just fine. Well, sh- your brownie is being delivered. Such service, Doc Manson. Such service. And what's funny is, sometimes you're not even a nice person, and you get this service as you eat that brownie Excuse in front me? of me. Hello, Mrs. Manson. I'm always a nice person. Thank you. Ah. More, please. <laughs> oh. I can't wait till that day when I get this email from you that says, I've decided to go out on my own and it's going to be the Manson Family Podcast, so enjoy. I've actually thought about doing a spinoff show, like if a week when you can't make it, 
trying to do one with Mrs. Manson. I don't know if there's any interest in the neighborhood to hear her opinions firsthand. I think she'd be very embarrassed, but I don't know. I think we could actually have a decent show. I have asked Mrs. Matthews to podcast with me, and she watches very little wrestling, but I just think her opinions would be great, uh, but she won't do it. But I think I think you should. I would even I would take a week off just to let you, you know, because if you can spread your wings and flap your way to glory, then I am all for it, you know. You know what? I actually I had a great idea for a podcast the other day because I still haven't seen Star Wars, so don't tell me anything about it. I'm hoping to go someday. I don't know when. Life is, life is just getting in the way. But I was talking about going with Mrs. Manson, and she revealed to me that she's not sure that she's ever seen the original Star Wars movies, at least in their entirety. So she is tangentially aware of what occurred in those movies, you know, through pop culture and things like that, but she's not sure that she could actually tell me anything about them, like, specifically. So in the car, we had a conversation where I said, can you name a main character from these series? And I was like, and she was like hemming and hawing, and I was like, if I said to you, who is Harrison Ford in these films? Could you answer that question? And she did get that, and I just think, I think walking through Star Wars with Mrs. Manson, telling, just asking her what she thinks the, the, the basic plot structure of those three films are, could be podcast gold. That's I all. think you and I, as evidenced by this podcast, which is 51 minutes long, and I think maybe we've talked about wrestling for half of it, I think you and I, I think we're going to branch out. I think we're going to go beyond, you know, we're going to have to either rename it or we're going to, again, or we're going to start from one again, or we're going to have to start other podcasts because you can do that with Mrs. Manson. I, I am... I, I don't think I've told you this. I, I have purchased a PlayStation 4. I have WWE oh. 2K16. I am I figured out how to do the share thing, which was very oh. complicated. So I am uploading videos to the YouTube of my PlayStation 4 experience and narrating while I do that. So, you know, I, I think the world is our oyster, Doc. You and I just need to go out mm, and... Oyster. I, I've never had an oyster. Have you eaten oysters? Are I have. good? I have uh, crazy Russian neighbors who like to share everything with us, and oysters was one of those things. Do they like to share everything? Uh, you get them drunk enough. Wow. Things we didn't know about. There's a podcast, too. <laughs> 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 no, they're great people. They're good people. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we could branch out, but we should probably talk about wrestling right now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> people like our show. Yeah. We get new, you know, Fishman. We get new followers all the time. Oriole King just, you know, talked about what a great. Well, the podcast problem is everybody's every show we do is somebody's first show. And if this is their first show, they're not listening That's, again. I discur with that statement. I think I'd have to discur with your discurring, because frankly, ooh. I don't think they're listening for our wrestling uh, knowledge and expertise. I think they're listening 
I don't know. I think I've got some pretty good insight. I think insight. we both have some pretty good insight, but I think people... Uh, I wasn't talking about you. I think people are coming to this show because of our witty repartee. And I, I asked disagree. Uh, Mrs. Matthews why she doesn't listen to our show. And she's... Because she hates listening to me. No, I know. she... She what hates she me. she said... No, that's she not true. Me. I know. No, you she only does. told her you thought she was going to die once. <laughs> well, you know, she was. And in my defense, I. Uh, uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. We'll get her on the podcast to tell that story. Someday. Look, it's not my fault she has no sense of humor, okay? She that's has all I can a say. Wonderful sense of humor. But the reason she said, and to talk about her sense of humor, the reason she said she doesn't listen to the show is because she said, I lived this for a very long time. She said, I lived your show for a very long time. She said, I know you're entertaining together, but I've heard all I no, need to no, hear. No, 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 no. See, that's exactly it. She, she, she knows that in theory people might find us entertaining, but she does not find us entertaining. I think she actively dislikes us when we get together. I think she actively dislikes the fact that when we get together, I, I, I sometimes forget to pay attention to her. I think that's the problem. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think it's Maybe. you. I think it's just it's it's why. Um, why are we talking about this on the because air? Because this is what we do. This is why GQ's uh, wife, our friend GQ, who I guess the the four of you are you know are buddy buddies and go out for wine tastings together or something. But I've we've never been to a wine tasting. First but of all, this is, and second of all, I don't think I've seen GQ since me and you and I saw him together. The but last have you time. been over to their house for dinner? Um. I think once, maybe twice. Yeah. I know you've probably never I've been. I've never been invited to their house for dinner. And it is because, despite the fact that GQ's wife went to my fifth birthday party, we literally grew up together. She does not, oh, she she hates does you. not like me because when GQ and I get together, we tend to be a little ridiculous. So that's the all fairness. I, I think. I think she feels that way about all of GQ's mm-hmm. friends. Uh, I don't think I'm which, immune which is, to that. Which I is think a shame, it's... because it makes us social outcasts. To which I ask you, sir, have you bought your social outcast nope. shirt yet? I uh, was not aware they were selling Did them. you see them? You saw them on Raw, though. We're getting back into wrestling now. Did you see their shirts? They may have come on television, and I may have stopped paying attention. They came out. They had the hashtag social outcast. They had their names on the back. If you had to buy one, if wow. I had, if I bought you one, which name would you want on the back? Axel, Rose, uh, Slater, or Dallas? It's sad that I had to think about who they were. Um, I guess Slater. Really. Why do I not understand Heath Slater? Everyone else loves Heath Slater, and I... I hate Heath Slater, which is why I chose him, because I, dis- I dislike him the most. So you would want his name on your shirt? Indeed. See? It's just the way I roll. And, and I'm just realizing right now, um, when they take over the world, Curtis Axel and Adam Rose need to be a tag team called Axel Rose. Um, I think I made that observation last week. Well, now I'm reiterating it. I think it would be great. They would be a great tag team. Okay. I don't listen to you you. when you talk. I know you don't. That's why we have problems on this show. Because I don't get brownies. That's why. I wish I had more brownies. You should send another text. I would probably get one. That's love. How many brownies can you eat at one time? 
all of them. <laughs> that, that, sir, is the correct answer. Uh, uh-huh. we, we had a Wyatt Family versus Social Outcast standoff for about three seconds before Ryback came out and ruined it. He yep. ruined it. He made it better. No, he ruined it. It was going to be an awesome moment. We he were going to have better. a Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas like meeting. and It was a tease. Do you think we'll see? What is the Wyatt family doing right now? Um, Are they really going into a program with the social They outcast? wrestled the Dudleys in a table match on SmackDown. Again? Yeah. But it's the first time we've had a table match on SmackDown in a long time. And certainly the first time since they moved to U, uh, USA. USA. But um, otherwise, you know, they did. I was excited when when Vince called everyone to the ring, and then the Wyatts showed up on the other side. There was potential there for something really cool to happen, you know. And then they did nothing. I'm imagining we're going to see the Wyatts and Roman face off again, despite the fact that they literally ended their feud three months ago. I think that's. Uh, you can you can put that in pen in the Royal Rumble as Reigns is going to clear the ring and you know all the Wyatts are going to show up. I mean, do you think do you think it could be the feud that bridges us between Rumble and I think Mania? it could be I think could there, it could be the feud that headlines WrestleMania. I think it could be, but it won't be. You know, you could make the argument that putting Brock Lesnar in the title picture is a waste of Brock Lesnar because his star is he it's is not. the one. So why do you need to put the one in the title picture when he'll be the one without the title? And then I think the actual the only real problem with putting him in the title picture is people might cheer him over Roman. People Reigns. did cheer him. And I think they might be looking I think that they're going to want to avoid that, which is why I think we're legitimately going to get Triple H versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think you're you could be right, but I you know I, it goes back to that point. Brock Lesnar is so big, and with so many people out with injuries, you now have two big matches. If it's Brock Lesnar versus Kevin Owens or Brock Lesnar, you know I was the rumors online are that Brock Lesnar is going to face Bray Wyatt, and while I'd love to see it if Bray wins, which is questionable. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, what else? For, anything else stand out to you from Raw? I'm sure something happened no. with the Divas. I'm sure it did. Yeah, Becky Lynch gave a pretty impassioned uh, promo was that backstage. The, I'm coming, she actually was showed that me the "I'm coming for your title" and "I'm coming for your arm." She said that as she was leaving okay. the ring, um, and as she was sort of being escorted from the ring, and then later on she actually also kind of had a moment where she was ranting backstage. And for a moment, Becky Lynch showed me that she potentially has something, oh. which... Like a disease I, I don't know. or, like, talent? Okay. Talent. For a moment. I, I have not been overly impressed with Becky Lynch. I like Lynch. Becky Lynch. Um, I've... I've had trouble with her promos. I think a lot, it's. I think quite a it's, bit. it's a. It's a dangerous game to use puns that often. You Agreed. Know, when when your gimmick Agreed. is that you're very punny, uh, I don't have high hopes for you. But and and yeah. I think the fact that Charlotte is plummeting so far because Ric Flair, they they did something where you know she cut a promo and she walked away and then Rick came back and like danced. I'm like, are are you? I. I I don't think I can say anything without either getting really mad or really inappropriate. So all I'm just going to say is it's bad. It's just bad. Yeah. I don't think they see it well, that way. They're wrong. I'm sorry. 
but yeah. they're wrong. Um, do you like Tommaso Tommaso Champa? Champa? I say Champa, but they pronounce it Champa. Do you like to? Champa? Do you like Tommaso Champa? 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 I don't know. I've seen him wrestle maybe twice. So I was more I was more of a fan of his match from this week than I have any of his other stuff. That was pretty good. And I bring yeah. that up. I bring uh, that up because I was actually go ahead. I will say, if he was out there for a little bit, and I was watching him, and he was kind of having you know a little bit of like back and forth, and he was getting into it, like you know, kind of going kind of stiff, and. For a moment, I said, "Man, I'm finally seeing some, some personality from half of the tag team champs." And then I remembered that he, in fact, was not Dash or Dawson. Underscoring that I am still very confused about who the hell Dash Dawson are or are supposed to be. So, if you had be. taken those two guys, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Danny Birch, and you had put them in white wrestling gear and had them come out would you have honestly thought it was the tag team champions I honestly thought it Ciampa was one of the tag team champions for a little while I wasn't paying attention completely to the screen but my mind was tricked there was a moment when I thought he was one of them I also think part of it was they they had one of the before they went to commercial they had a you know coming up next Dash and Dawson versus the Ascension and then the next thing you see is Champa and so you probably your brain probably made that jump um his his submission was. move was cool reminded me of the disarmer which is where I made the Becky Lynch I did not like his submission move because He's going to do that to someone and literally rip their arm out of the side. It socket. looked a lot like, you know, I know you didn't watch a lot of Lucha Underground, but uh, Pentagon Jr. had a move that he used kind of at the latter half of um, the Lucha Underground season where he was, you know, breaking arms, liter- quote-unquote, quote-unquote, literally in terms of the story. Um, and it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. But I, I Speaking of Lucha sure. Underground... I know we talked about this a little bit already. Um, And I know... Okay, so Alberto Del Rio lost the title on Raw. Evidently, he has regained it on SmackDown. But at the end of Raw, before you knew anything about SmackDown, did it feel to you like, oh, well, Alberto Del Rio's run is pretty much over? I wondered it. I wondered it. Now, see, I didn't watch Raw on Monday. I didn't even watch Raw on Tuesday. I've watched Raw Wednesday, Thursday. So by that point, I knew that he had already won the title back. So it kind of skewed Mm. my perception of it. But I can see definitely where you would be like, oh, and he's done again. You know. Yeah. It's been a real lackluster run. He's, you know, he's had moments where I'm like, you know, and again, I didn't watch Del Rio when he was in WWE the first time, I missed all that. So this is really my first exposure to him besides when he was El Patron in Lucha Underground. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I have been underwhelmed, but at the same time, he's had moments, you know. That match with Kalisto on Raw was decent enough. You know, I've I've been addicted to WWE 2K16, so I've been kind of watching wrestling while also... (laughs) doing stuff on 2K16, and I am a bad multitasker, so certain things get left out. Um, but, you know, I think he's fine. 
I, I do think Kalisto is going to win. You know, my early produ- prediction is that Kalisto wins, and I don't know what Del Rio does from here. You know, I could see him being done by WrestleMania, and it's very strange. And showing up on season two of Lucha Underground, maybe. You know, he went he yeah, went from being know, a huge. You know, he was the AAA Mega Champion. He was a Lucha Underground main event person, and now he's a mid Carter in. WWE. I'm sure the money is better, but I'm not sure why he came back. No, me neither. I never ex- would have expected him to you come know. back. It was it was a legitimate surprise. If he was, he returned, if he was where if he and Sheamus swapped places, if he was the leader of the League of Nations and was the guy wrestling Roman Reigns, then I could see it because he came back to be a main event guy. But coming back, that would make coming back to, to beat John Cena and then do very little else for the next few months, I'm confused. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, or Samoa Joe? Who do you like more? Sami Zayn. Bar- when did Baron? But Samoa Joe did a really good job in that. Program. I would argue all three of them did. In fact. When the three of them were in the ring together, the one who I was least impressed with on the mic was Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn actually had some very strong moments uh, on the microphone. I thought there was there was he he has this issue a lot of times for me where I don't know he doesn't seem comfortable or something. A lot of wrestlers are like that. You know, they're they're saying words, but I don't ever really believe that they're inhabiting that character. There were a few moments where there's his mannerisms, his little chuckles or things that Sami Zayn did, where I really, I really bought the delivery. I, I don't know. I, I really was feeling him channeling whatever that character is in that. Why promo. do you think it was? And again, this goes back to an issue you and I talk about quite a bit on this show. Uh, which is DDT Wrestling, DDT Wrestling at gmail.com. Is, do you think it was because that was actually him? It wasn't a, it wasn't Maybe. a more scripted promo. It was, you guys are going to interact. So there was a little bit of ad libbing and improving there. And we actually got to see the real. Joe came out there and it's the first time that Joe has said something in NXT where I was like, oh, oh yeah. I can't think of one other moment where Samoa Joe spoke and I felt that way. He's done some physical things that I felt that way When about. he explained why he turned on Balor, I liked the logic behind it. I didn't yep. necessarily like get into the delivery, but I was like, okay, that's a reasonable way to get to their the story they need to get to. That interaction between the three of them on NXT was was TV quality. You could see that on a Raw or a SmackDown and it would fit right in. And it's better than most of what you see. And I will Raw give credit where credit is due. Baron Corbin I think he has discovered something when he told Apollo Crews to go back to Ring of Honor. I think he found a, a little switch went on where, all right, this is I need to be the you know the full of myself uh, jackass. Forgive me if I need to be, and I'm gonna say 
you know, sorry, you're not durable. I was waiting for him to literally be like, you separated your shoulder while posing for fans. That's when you got injured. You didn't get injured in the match. You got up on the stairs, you threw your arms in the air, and you hurt yourself. Like, you know, and and that was what I expected Kevin. That would be a thing you would expect Kevin Owens to say, and it would have made total sense for Baron Corbin to say it. So I, you know, he's still got the crease, and I don't love him. But (laughs) yeah, I don't love him either. He's, I think he's going to win. I think it's, he's finding some strides in his character. I think, you know, the TakeOver Dallas is going to be Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Yeah, because I mean, the question is, does Sami Zayn come back and run roughshod over NXT, becoming the first two-time NXT champion, or does he come back and fall into his old character, which is the eternal underdog? Because if he's going to be the underdog, he's got to lose a bunch first. Now, what would... Two things. Number one, I don't know that being the two-time NXT champion is something to hang your hat on, because somebody should just come out and say, the reason there hasn't been a two-time NXT champion before is they've all gone up to WWE after being champion. Oops. Well, there's a lot of people who went up to WWE after not being champion, and that's worked out so well for Tyler well, Breeze. And but it's I like to point out that on this show, I believe I said that he was going to have some real difficulty transitioning to that main roster. You, I believe, were a little more optimistic. I was. And for the first couple How wrong you For the first were. couple of weeks I thought I was doing well. You know, it, if they're gonna go ahead and build you, and I I know it was a couple of Pier 1 imports chairs and a velvet rope, but if they're going to come up with a VIP lounge for you, they're they're buying into it. You know, the, the reports are that Vince McMahon has given up on the push, and I really think if these are NXT guys, Triple H needs to be in control of them for a couple of months. No, these are NXT guys, and they need to stay in NXT and strengthen that product. That's what I think because I think it. Holds I don't think you're wrong I think necessarily, but I also think you know Vince McMahon is looking at these guys. Did you watch Breaking Ground? No, All I right. never watched Breaking Ground. It, I never will. It wasn't bad. Um, what? Okay, tell me. Stop. Okay, what is Breaking Ground? What is the premise? Breaking of the show? Ground is narrated by William Shatner, so you can't go wrong there. And it is a behind-the-scenes look at NXT. And it is not like Total Divas in the fact that, uh, for the most part, with some few exceptions, the they're playing themselves, they're not playing the characters. So you get to see what the performance center looks like in terms of the training. You see William Regal, you see... There's Sami Zayn. He's doing some training today. Looks like his arm feels better. Is that basically you're what the show? You're not taking long enough pauses in between the words, but it's oh, sorry. you're you're on the right sorry. track. Sorry. Um, so they kind of show you, you know, they show you a lot of it. They show you they're following, you know, some people. They're following this one guy who I've never heard of because he's never been on NXT before. You know, this former football player who's trying to make it and the struggles he has trying to, you know, adapt. They they talk about Dana Brooke. They talk about Baron Corbin a little bit. They talk about Sami Zayn near the end. Um, you know, it is it is one of those things that if you're going to be doing other things, if you want to have something on in the background while you're tweeting, while you're writing all of your wonderful articles, Articles you're going to write for newageinsiders.com there, Doc Manson. Um, while you're grading, 
or reading lab manuals or doing all of those things. It's not a bad thing to have on in the background. There were some fun parts um, to it, but, you know... Mm. I have trouble with that kind of multitasking. Most of the tasks I'm trying to do require more concentration than that. So, I mean, I could have something on the background, but honestly, I I don't think I would watch or retain when, any of it. I don't think any of it would make watch, an impression. Take us inside the Doc Manson wrestling experience. When you sit down to watch Raw on a Monday night, um, do you have the computer? I know your Mrs. Manson may or may not have broken part of the computer, but um, mm-hmm. are you watching the TV with no distractions around you? Do you have, like... I typically have Twitter open these days, so I'm kind of looking back and forth between that. But that's okay. About well, it. that's that's what I do as well. I've got my Chromebook with me, so I can, you know, usually I try to have. Sometimes I try. I wind up with it both on the. You know, I have. And honestly, I, I typically tweet for about half an hour, and then I realize nobody's talking back to me, so I close the computer and I just watch Raw, and then I go to bed about twenty minutes later, and it's like you know, nine twenty. Nothing wrong with that. I think if we ever decide to rename the show, uh, they are the New Age Insiders, we should be the approaching Middle Age Outsiders. In bed by 9.20. I remember, and I... With DC Matthews and... (laughs) Hey, there are times I'm up till 10, 10 Watch out. Wow. I remember, and I'm sure I've talked about this on this podcast before... Because I have the tendency to wake up early. If I can, I'll wake up super early. I remember at one point going on to AOL Instant Messenger at four in the morning, and you'd be there because you had not yet gone to sleep, and I was just getting up. <laughs> when was the last time? <laughs> when was the last time you stayed up well past midnight? Uh, I'm not going to say well past midnight, but New Year's Eve, I was up past midnight till one, till two, till yeah, wow. probably. Twelve thirty, one o'clock. Rebel, you know that's but that's that's that barely counts, right? See, the benefit of not paying for uh, cable is that I'm not going to be able to see the ball drop anyway. So I think I went to bed by like eleven. That's fine. I was watching the Twilight Zone, so you know, favorite Twilight Zone episode of all time. Uh, that's impossible. There's There's ones. Something on the wing. Some. Yeah. Thing. Terror at uh, 20,000 feet is a great Have you episode. seen all of them? No, not all of them, but I've seen a lot. Um, uh, Time Enough at Last is probably one of my all-time favorites. That's the favorites one with the sure. books, right? I like that yeah, one. that's the one with the books. I like that one a lot. That one's real good. The monsters... Uh, and wait, 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 wait. Go back, go back to the, the book one. Isn't Older? the actor... And for, maybe I'm wrong. Isn't... Mickey from uh, Rocky in one of those isn't Burgess Meredith in maybe oh, it's, I don't know maybe it's, it's not possible. that one but I think he's in one of them it might be that one if it's so I it never registered with me before but it's certainly possible I could be totally wrong there but now I'm looking it up because I'm yeah curious yep it is <laughs> yeah. a lot of those old Twilight Zone episodes were written by uh, Rod Serling not a lot of them a lot of the no, no, but a lot of the real good ones were written by an author, uh, Richard Matheson, uh, who was excellent. He he also wrote I Am Legend. He wrote uh, The Haunting of Hell House. Um, he he has a lot of, like, sort of science-based 
horror, science fiction, fantasy sort of stuff. But he he's, he he wrote you know Terror Twenty Thousand Feet, which you alluded to there. He also wrote Duel, which was Steven Spielberg's first film. Um, he he's had his hands in a lot of different things. I would really recommend picking up anything by Richard Matheson. He's got some short story collections. They're all very they're all very well written, very clever. Um, he's an excellent excellent sort of horror sci-fi fantasy author that I would highly recommend to anybody. All right, good to know. Yeah, Doc recommends sure. Richard Matheson. Oh yeah, we're gonna start a book club. That's gonna be our. But next I think show. we have to read all wrestling books. Mm, I would probably. Nobody has uh, corrected us, but I was listening to one of our old shows, and I think I don't remember if we called the Mick Foley TNA book right. I think it's Countdown to Lockdown. I want to say it is. I said Takeover. Yeah, I realized when I said it that I said it wrong. But once it's out of your mouth, why bother correcting yourself? I just want to make sure that we, you know we you know we don't get judged by people. So um, we should have a corrections section on the show. People send us emails with your corrections. We'll read them. Are on we really going to just be a Kevin Smith podcast? Because wah, wah. I was reading, I was what? I was reading um, some Scan BC stuff. I don't even know who Kevin yes, Smith is. Don't what? lie to me. Uh, I was reading some Scan BC stuff to some people in the neighborhood and they were they were saying you know you should do that as part of uh, DDT wrestling and I'm like we can't blatantly rip off what Kevin Smith does on what scan BC are you honestly not sure what that is British Columbia um, has a you know it's police scanner and there is somebody I don't think it's them who tweets out what the police scanner sends out and they're hilarious so Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier talk about it on Smodcast so no. I've stopped listening to Kevin Smith podcast about a year ago, to be honest. Lack of time uh, or lack of interest? Um, I kind of just go through phases, and I haven't felt like listening Fair to Kevin enough. Smith. I don't know why. I've been listening to uh, Tell Him Steve Dave. That's the one Spod Network show that I continuously listen to. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Scan BC... For a while, I was listening to everything. You know, I was listening mm-hmm. to Smodcast. I was listening to Hollywood Babylon. I was listening to Edumacation. I think I just got over Smod. I listened. You know? I just got rid of Hollywood Babylon because that's never been my favorite one. Um, I listened. Oh, I listened like to Smodcast. I listened to Edumacation, and Ooh, I listened ah. to Fat Man on Batman, which is now. I have not listened to one episode. Which is of Fat now Man has ever. a co-host, and it is now your kind of geek culture wrap up. Which is why I got rid of Hollywood Babylon because they talk about all of the things I'm interested in. Scan BC doc. Vancouver police are responding to the Daily Catch for a male that took a lobster and ran away. That's that's what they do. Okay. So they read it and then they wait. So is this supposed to be wait? I... Are they only tweeting humorous No, things? they'll tweet. They tweet a lot of stuff, but a lot of them are, you know, and they talk about how, you know, isn't Canada so cute because they have these things? Scan BC, RCMP report a drunk male ringing the buzzer at the police detachment who says he got kicked out of a house party and has no pants on. Okay. Well, if we're just going to do this, and I'm just going to look at my Twitter feed, and I'm just going to read a random tweet. <laughs> So Sam Moxley at Dean's Us Ambrose says Brock wears really weird looking shoes. Hashtag SmackDown. I've never noticed Brock's footwear. Thank you, Sam Moxley. <laughs> uh, what part of NAI uh, 150 do you want to talk about? I don't know. 
You tell me what's interesting. Uh, the, it's all interesting. We could do the all time. We could talk about moves. We could talk about the future. Gaga's Golden Globe at Cookies in Cree says, "Shut up, King." <laughs> I assume she is talking to Jerry Lawler. Is this going to be a new segment on our show? As we just read Twitter? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it could be. Uh, Enzo Amore. At WWD All Day 21, this might actually be Enzo Amore. That is his Twitter. Says, at Wendy's, your Frosty is soft! Welcome to DDT Wrestling, where Doc and DC read your... (laughs) It's too hard to read Twitter. There's so much goes into reading. Why don't you just listen to Twitter 24 hours a day? Um... (laughs) I, I'm all sorry. Right. Uh, yeah, NAA. Favorite uh, all time. Did we do this? Favorite all time wrestler? Because I'm now in the all time category of the NAI one. I don't know if we did. And I'm sure if you, we you, have done this, I'm sure I changed the answer about it. every you time. You mentioned, but. you know, Mick Foley and uh, Jake Roberts and some other people. So I do you want yeah. do you want me to just tell you what the neighborhood thought and you can react to it? Yes. All right. Top tell me top what the five. Thought. Favorite wrestlers of all time. Number one. Number one is... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hmm. Yes, I was going to say. Number two Number two, no. Shawn Michaels. Oh. Oh, that's a bad choice. Why? Sam... Shawn Michaels... I'm not a big fan of Shawn Michaels. I think he's okay. And I think that he became really great later in his career. But he never did much for me early on and it wasn't really until those last few years where he was really earning that moniker Mr. Wrestlemania that I felt anything towards him whatsoever he had a series of really great matches there towards the end of his career at Wrestlemania but I feel like like that's all I really take away from Shawn Michaels his DX stuff cute I guess but not really anything to write home about and the whole early sexy boy stuff, I could do without. The whole rockers thing was terrible. I know you've got that moment of him putting Marie Janetti through the glass, and I mean, I guess that's a thing. I, I don't know. Not I just never did much. I for like me. Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, I think when you go in ring talent, there aren't that many that could do all of the things he could do. Um, you know, I liked him a lot. WrestleMania 12, one of my all-time favorite matches. 60-minute Iron Man match. What's going on with his eyes these days? Does he have that detached retina Something, something is going or? on. I don't know what specifically it is. I did read his most recent book, and this is my own fault yeah. for not doing my due diligence in researching the book. I thought it would be just a biography. Apparently, he wrote his biography first. This was his latter half biography and also a really big conversation about his relationship with Jesus. And um, mm, he's big on I, it, Jesus. I, I don't regret reading it because it had good moments, but I regret making someone buy it for me. Because, you know. All right. Uh, so, uh, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels is number two, Undertaker is number three, The Rock is number four, and number five is Chris Jericho. What? Those are your. That, according that, to the that, neighborhood. That surprises me. Uh, 
That surprises me, actually. I think Chris Jericho is very good, and he, uh, people do fondly remember his WCW days. Yeah, I mean, I guess even some of his earlier WWE stuff, but I just feel like it's been a long time since he was relevant. I'm surprised that he, he, he hangs like that. People, There are people out there who are just in love with Y2J. Reggie Williams, at Reg since 1990, says, The Bulls were down 24. Oh, man. At Reg since 1990, the Bulls were down 24. Mm. Thanks, Reggie Williams. All right, let's see. Now now I, too, can play this game. Um, let's see. No, you're supposed to give, hit me with some more NI-150. I can't read Twitter? No, all right. you cannot. Uh, best feud of all time. The best feud of all time. Oh man, I've got no guesses on that. Number one, uh, maybe McMahon. That is Austin? number one. Know. Stone Cold versus McMahon. Right. Number two, Stone Cold versus The Rock. Number okay. three, Undertaker versus Kane. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't know that there's really. It's definitely storied. I mean, I'll give it that. Uh, it's been long running, so I, I guess number I'll, I'll four NWO versus WCW. Oh, yeah, okay. And, okay. The, and the number five sure. one, CM Punk versus John Cena, which I don't remember at all because I wasn't paying attention. Huh? Y- yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. I and mean, that was what the pipe bomb was about, right? Yes, I think so. Around that time? I, I mean, think so. But again, I wasn't so, watching. So, I mean, I, 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 I guess. I, I guess. I'm skipping around here a bit in the interest of time. Um, who is the best high flyer of all time? Of all time? Hmm. Uh, Ray Mysterio. At least according to the neighborhood. Yeah. Mysterio. That's what I'm doing here. I, that wasn't my answer. That was me trying to get in the head what, what of the What is your answer, then? Uh, Superfly, Jimmy Snuka, the murderer. No, I don't know if that's actually my answer. But uh, it might be... He's in the top hmm, 20, Jimmy Snuka. He's in the top flyer of all time. It honestly might be... Rob Van Dam. He comes maybe. in number three. Okay. Who's that number two? Jeff Hardy. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I'm not a big I, fan of Jeff Hardy either. I enjoy either, Jeff Hardy fine. My issue is, besides the swanton and his winds of change or the whispering winds... He, he does swantons off of lots of things. Well, that and really that, high. I think, is where they got it. You know, I don't ever remember seeing him do a regular moonsault. I don't remember ever seeing him do, you know, anything like that. He had a couple of high-flying mm. moves that he did from anywhere. But other than that... Yeah. All right. I could put Kurt Angle on that list. I could put uh, Christopher Daniels oh. on that list. AJ Styles. But, I mean, the best moonsault ever is, it is. quite a move. Um, who cuts the best promos of all time? Mm. I mean, okay. NAI, best promos of all time. You can just Ooh, answer, you I mean, can just say answer the rock, what you think. But I'm going to say they're going gonna, gonna to say... They're gonna say uh, I don't know. Oh God! I don't know. The Rock. Correct. I say The Rock. Yes. Really? 
Okay, um, I'm going to guess somewhere in the top five. I don't know if I'm comfortable saying top three. Maybe top three, but top five, Chris Jericho. Incorrect. He comes in at eighth. Okay. Well, who's rounding out our top five? The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Dusty Rhodes. No. Care to elaborate? Not really. Okay. Uh, he's. I don't know. I can't. I mean, sort of, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Number Rick four. Flair. Okay. And number five. And shame uh-huh. on you for not saying his name before. Glory, glory, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is an excellent, excellent. Comes athlete. in at five. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm 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 sad to hear that there's no love for uh, Jake the Snake Roberts he, on there because I think he's really one of the best. He comes in of all seventh, time. one spot ahead of Chris Jericho. And who's number six? CM Punk. Yeah, he. I mean, I guess. But CM Punk, I feel like he gets credit for that one promo. You know what I mean? It's not that he was a bad talker. He was a very good talker. But I feel like that's... People just tend to remember, I think, that one thing. I, I don't you, know. You will be I happy be to know that Jake Roberts came in third in the best ring psychology of all time category. Okay. Uh... Beaten by Bret Hart. Oh, all right. Bret Hart came in. Actually, Bret Hart, uh, Undertaker, and Jake Roberts tied for third. No. Jake Roberts wins okay. third. Uh, one and two. We've, we've mentioned their names already. Oh, come on. They're not going to give it to... To him. To whom? Now you tell me. Number one. And these two tied. Number one. Ric Flair. Number two. Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. Best what? ring psychology. Ric Flair? Of all time. Ric Flair. That's what the neighborhood says, sir. What what is what does DC Matthews say about Ric Flair? In terms of st- Teach me, teacher. In terms of storytelling, and I think this comes to the ambiguity of the question. I think people took this mm. to mean storytelling in the ring. Uh, Ric Flair could tell a pretty good story in the ring. Shawn Michaels could tell a pretty good story in the ring. Not what I meant when I designed the question. I meant rings. I meant the blindfold match at WrestleMania 7 is what I meant. Who can, you know, control the crowd and knows how to get them worked up and knows how to get them cheering for them. And again, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are not bad choices, but I would have gone with Bret Hart. I would have gone with Jake Roberts. I would have gone with you know, you could make a case for Mick Foley had some pretty good ring psychology. Yeah, so, I think so. You know, not bad choices there, but that's what the neighborhood says. Um, best match of all time. Best match. And I don't want to know what you think the neighborhood said. I want to know what you think is the best match of all time. The singular best match 
You can only watch one more match before you cannot watch any more wrestling. I I don't know if I can... I don't know. Like, the best match or the most entertaining match? The question said best match, and it is open to interpretation. Well, I would have different answers, I guess, depending on what the question really meant. Fine. The most entertaining Um, match. Anything with Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Not wrong in thinking so. Best match. I mean, I don't know this is really count. I don't... I would be tempted to say uh, Taker, Foley, uh, Hell in a Cell, but, I mean, that's not really the best match. It's... Came in, it came moment. in at 11. Yeah, uh, hmm. <laughs> I and I'm just gonna say this now: narrowly beaten out, Nar- missing the top ten, thanks to Sasha Banks and Bailey from Brooklyn. Come on, the hell on, neighborhood, neighborhood, come the hell on. All right, what was, what was the number one? What was the top three? All top right, five, the, the top one was kind of a combination because they had two matches in back-to-back WrestleManias and people couldn't make up their mind, or at least they didn't say. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. WrestleManias 25 and 26. The first one. Probably, most people meant 25, but a lot of people didn't write down which one. So I had to... Yeah. The first one. Uh, number two, TLC from WrestleMania 17. Number three, Uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold in the submission match from WrestleMania 13. Number four, CM Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. Not a special match. Special ending, perhaps, but... And number five, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. Good matches. I would put those up there along my list of uh, Jerry Lynn, Rob Mm -hmm. Van Dam. Those were extremely entertaining uh, wrestling contests. Best tag team of all time. We're, we're wrapping up here. We got two more. Best tag team of all time. I'm going to go with the Nasty Boys. Can you name them, please? The Nasty Boys? Do you know their names? <laughs> uh, nasty and Boy. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, snot and Booger? <laughs> I'm getting closer now. (laughs) Knobs and Sags. That's it. I did know their names at one time. They just weren't that coming to me. They are not anywhere on the list. They were Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys, however, are third. Really? I would have thought they'd be number one. Third, Um, My favorite tag team of all time. Hmm. The Bushwhackers. Also not on this list. Come the hell on. Legion of Doom. number two. Number one. Is it, but wait. 3D? Dudleys are number one. Uh, for a second I was going to ask you if you if it was a, if they were bleeding over into stable nope, there's territory. a separate question for say stables. DX or something. Alright. All right. Dudleys. Road Warriors. Hardy's, Edge and Christian, Heart Foundation, and I was very excited to see this demolition at number six. Uh, Here comes the axe. There goes the smasher. We're demolition. No walking disaster. 
Pain and destruction's our middle name. Bushwhackers were way better than them. They're not on this list. I gotta tell you, rated yeah, rated RKO is on this list. The Killer Bees are on this what? list. Team Hell No is Who? on this list. Lance what? Cade and Trevor Murdoch are on this list. What about the Rock and They Sock are also connection? on this list. The Headbangers okay, are on that. this list. Come on. What? What about the Usos? No. Primetime players, though. Primetime All right. players. All right. Last question before... Well, that's Slater Gator. Not on there, sadly. Didn't have enough of a run. Mm. Uh, last question before we get on out of here, since we have passed the 9 o'clock hour and both of us need to go to bed. Um, oh, my. Who is the greatest wrestler to never win a world title? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say Jake the Snake, but I don't know what they would say. Comes in second. Uh, Mr. Perfect? Third. Third? Number one would be... Has, holds a very special place in the heart of this podcast. Based on uh, the fir- based on the d- first time we ever recorded this podcast. That didn't actually record. You are not helping me. That's just... Who died the night we sat down to record our first podcast? Alan Rickman. <laughs> no, that happened today. Oh, uh, Rowdy, 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 Rowdy Piper. Piper. Uh, by 19 votes, which tells you how this goes, is quite a large margin. So, number two was Jake who? Roberts. And number three was Mr. Perfect. Number four is Scott Hall. And number five is Owen Hart. That's a good list. Mm-hmm. That's a good list. Ted DiBiase and William Regal are the next two, so I think it's an excellent list. Yeah. I could live without William Regal being on the list. Well, that's okay. I can't live... Steven Regal, I can't li- live without Ahmed Johnson being on the list, and thankfully he's there. Who? Ahmed Johnson? Who? Oh, you probably weren't watching then. Uh, guy who was the Intercontinental Champion. He was the People's Champion before The Rock was the People's Champion in the mid-90s. Had a very short run. Does he anything like Mark Henry? Um, they have many similar attributes, yes. <laughs> Why, whatever do you mean? Well, they see? were both African-American. They were both large and muscular. Um, Sheldon! I don't know if you know this, but you're an African American. So, Vince McMahon, Shelton Benjamin. That, that was, was one of the better moments. That's one of the better moments Shelton Benjamin ever oh, yeah. had, that's for sure. Sadly. Remember Shelton Benjamin's mama? No, and I'm glad that I don't. You weren't watching. I that was. Time? That I was in was, college, wasn't it? I didn't like that, so I'm not. I'm. I'm pretending it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Fair enough. All Fair right, enough. ladies and gentlemen, we are DDT Wrestling. My esteemed host, co-host, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. I would just like to uh, apologize for this podcast, everyone. I'm not feeling like we were on top of our game. I don't know. Go listen to last week. I think that was I, better. Again, I don't agree. I think this podcast 
I had some real salient points today about Brock Lesnar and uh, NXT, but you know, uh, outside of that, I'm just I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not I'm not feeling it. I, I, I think even when we're not maybe on our game, we're still put together a very entertaining podcast. Other people can't talk for an hour and 40 minutes about all things from Twilight Zone to brownies to wrestling to whatever else we covered, because honestly, I can't even remember. Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman. Sir, Sir Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman. Rest in peace. Um, we sang songs. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I am Doc Manson at Doc Manson on Twitter. He is DC Matthews at DC Matthews. I can't remember what we said. Our email email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Please send us a message so that we have something to do. We don't get three emails. We're not podcasting anymore. We need three emails a week, or it is. I, I don't know. Maybe that's when I will take a week DC? off. DC? Anything? What? Just, how do you want to wrap up the show this week? What Last comments, last of the night. Something positive from wrestling this week. What was positive your high point? Positive from wrestling this week. Let me, the social outcasts are going to win a title in World Wrestling Entertainment. It will probably be the tag titles. No, they are not going They've to win got anything. their own t shirts now. You're crazy. Something is they That's are not, not the joke that I thought they were. They are gonna do something. I don't know what it is, but they are gonna do something besides being a glorified job squad. I am excited to see. I wish Fandango was part of it. I wish you know, this is a sign that you can do something with these guys if you just give them a chance. Send Damian Sandow down to NXT and have him t- team up with his twin brother, the Drifter. You know, let, mm-hmm. let's do... Elias Sandow? Did you notice that Sandow was on Raw in the bathroom behind the New Day getting completely overshadowed by the New Day? But he was back there. I saw a Twitter picture of his face being obscured by one of New Day's yeah. arms, I yeah. think. So and they, I was like, I they think I see exists. a bathrobe. So I, I think this is a good sign. Uh, you know, Something positive is going to come out of the social outcasts. I just don't know what it is. Um, so that's my thing. What's your positive message for the week? Aha, you weren't expecting that. Nuanced, nuanced storytelling in my wrestling product. More of that, please. They've had some really good rods. I know I was down again a couple weeks ago after being elated around that Roman Reigns title win. More hits. They're bouncing back and forth between some pretty good high points right now. I'm pretty happy with the general state of the product. More hits than misses, which is what you always are hoping for. More hits than misses. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. We are DDT Wrestling. Doc already did the exit stuff, so I don't need to say anything more. We are goji berries. I'm going to try to say something that begins with a G every single time. Do you have a snazzy outro besides we out? Are you just going to uh, click stop <laughs> at some point? Don't do it now. Click. <laughs> we ghost. <laughs> I got nothing. Come on. We gabonzo beans. I mean, what do you want? We from me? are golems. We are. 
I'm going to go eat the rest of that pan of brownies. I'm That's what gonna I'm going to go... do. Good night, everybody. We, we don't care. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in the air. I'm going to go, and it's going to be a mystery for next week. Where did he go? Nobody knows. And we never heard from DC Matthews again. Goodbye, everyone. Did you press stop? Because I didn't press stop. I'm still recording. (laughs) Me too. Folks, this is the show that just No one listens to this show. (laughs) I know. There's like, what? Six listeners. (laughs) Good weeks. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, is this the end, isn't it? Oh, it really is, folks. I'm watching you over Skype. I, th- I think DC's having a breakdown. He's legitimately stressed. I think he's having a stroke. His face is like bright red. I can't it. Tell my wife I love her. Oh, God. Oh, I really think he's about to... Whew, he's bringing it Which down. Which is sad because I'm wearing a Cincinnati red in. shirt, so I just looked like I was one of those people all dressed up. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> this is why we don't podcast after your bedtime. <laughs> Let me go home! <laughs> go to your home! Why won't you just go home? Go to your own <laughs> <laughs> neighborhood send help DDT wrestling at gmail.com <laughs> I want you to know uh, neighborhood seriously nothing funny happened <laughs> he just started laughing and now I can't stop laughing I don't know Whew. Whew. All right. Okay. We can't end the show this way every week. We're, we're, I think we have to leave this in. Oh, no, I'm not editing Come on. this at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> For the last five minutes, they lost their minds. <laughs> oh, God. We have to end the show. All right. We have all to right. end the show. Oh, I'm Doc Matthews. Goodbye. (laughs) Stop.